You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 247. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 247. You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. Well, hello, beautiful girl. Well, I really like your attire today, Mr. Smith. You do? I'm, uh, I'm in my underwear. He's a chony podcaster today. Yeah. Hanging out in his chones. Yeah, you know, it's casual. Casual Monday. (laughs) In case you didn't get the memo. (laughs) That reminds me of that Will Ferrell skit where he comes in and the uh, American flag underwear that's up his butt. Yeah, because they were supposed to wear little items of political flair for the holiday. Yeah, on on casual Fridays. Like, did, did the memo not say to wear little items of... Patriotism? I, I thought this week we were wearing, you know, little items to show our patriotism. <laughs> Look, the memo said we relaxed the office dress code to allow showings of patriotism. So? He's <laughs> <laughs> like putting his butt in people's faces. It's oh so funny. Oh my gosh, so good. Oh my goodness. So on that note, welcome to the fucking <laughs> podcast, everybody. That's a good way to get everybody into the spirit of things. Well, as you know, over the past month... Throughout March, we've been doing a relationship focus that has been kind of gearing up for a really exciting brand new program that is available now. It's called Relationship RX, and it is here. This is all about improving your communication and your connection inside of your intimate partnership. And I am bursting at the seams. I'm so excited about this. I thought you were excited for March Madness, but this is even better. I can't with you. And <laughs> and this airs in April, so oh, that's oh well. done. Yeah. Oh well. It's March sadness as far as I'm concerned. Well, you said the month of March, so. That's right. In all fairness. Well, we'll talk all about Relationship Rx, but this particular podcast is going to be a two-parter. So we're going to talk about how to communicate with your partner and... That will be happening this week and next week. So this week, we're going to target some of the methods of communication that we typically employ that don't work. And the idea behind this is to shed some light on your particular sticking points inside of your relationship. This might be you. There might be some stuff that you're noticing your partner tends to do. But the more you can shine that light on the things that aren't getting you anywhere, the easier it's going to be for you to implement new tactics to start actually getting through to your partner and them getting through to you. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. So I, I think, yeah. I so think this it. is the don't do or what we tend to do. And next week is some ideas on how we can change that. Exactly. Perfect. Exactly. And you know that we have to do a little mic warm up though, before we jump into all this serious relationship <laughs> stuff. Well, the mics are pretty warm, so I'll just make them hot. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's time for a little segment we like to call. Would you rather? All right. 
Would you rather that every time you start a conversation, you verp, which is a combination of vomiting and burping, Ew. or every time you start a conversation, your nose bleeds like eleven on Stranger Things? <laughs> Just a little, just a little nosebleed. It's like a little slow creep. Yeah, it's okay. not like Mississippi River or anything. Just a little flow. Okay, so let me ask you really quick about the the verb. Okay. So, typically, when I've verbed in the past, it's usually where it doesn't, you don't spit it out. You, like, swallow it, and it's... It's in your mouth. Okay. Yeah. But people can hear it and tell that you just verbed. Yeah. And yeah, so they yeah. might there, have... There might be a little, you know, Homer Simpson drool out of the side. And you might just be kind Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Oh, excuse me. Sorry. But every time, like you're at the bank. Every time you start a conversation at the bank. Bank teller. Yeah. Checking out at a store. Well, like really any... make... <laughs> Either one, you'd be like, man, I got to stop talking. You could always have a tampon hanging out your nose. Ooh. Well, you've had that happen. Just put a tampon in it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a story for another day. So, you know, when you're a synchronized swimmer, you can't use a maxi pad because you can see it. So my friend bought me a box of tampons. And I'm telling you, I had such a hard time inserting those. Mm. And it would just stick halfway out. It's just like a Roman candle. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> It's a great one, though. I may or may not have speared myself in the nose with the straw on accident. She had had a little bit to drink and uh, was going in for a sip of a drink. And the... <laughs> The straw goes right up her nostril and she pulls back to like get away oh. from the straw, but the straw comes with her. Not the and finest she, moment. She's like waving her hands in the air like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and so she pulls it out and then just immediately starts bleeding. Right. And one of the friends of ours that was sitting at the table goes, oh my God, put a tampon in it. Put a tampon, put a tampon. <laughs> put a tampon in your nose. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Quite a night. Quite a night. Wow. Okay. All right. So moving on. The let's okay. humiliate Amy portion of the show has concluded. Just so I'm I think for me, I would rather verp. You would? I would. Because you might be able to get really used to that. Yeah. Because it's usually like really acidic. And you really have biting. to watch what you eat though, huh? That's true. Like what if you have like chili or, uh, or Indian food? And... Any of that is no good. Yikes. Yeah, I I think I would go with that too because then I could at least go, pardon me, excuse me, you know, and like yeah. move on with the yeah. conversation. You know what the worst verbs are though? What? Fish oil burps. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. Bianca has that. Ooh. Our dog. Those fish oil burps are wow. the worst. All right. Well, we would love to know what you would rather. Is it a verp situation or is it Stranger Things, bleeding. Eleven style, bleeding from the nose? And if you're wondering where you can share this information with us, I'm so glad you asked. If you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club, that will redirect you over to our private Facebook group. It's called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. And there's a couple reasons why you might want to be a part of it. First of all, I do bonus trainings every single Thursday where I sound off on things that have come up for all of the club members throughout the week so you can get specialized advice and attention. We also talk about would you rathers every single Monday, which is a hoot to hear people's explanations. And sometimes it's really involved. But one of the reasons why you definitely want to get your ass over to the After Hours Club is anytime I run a course, I throw coupon codes into the After Hours group that are only for club members 
to use if they're going to be signing up for that class or getting involved in that program. So right now, because Relationship Rx is now available for registration, if you're in the after hours community, you will find a coupon code. After hours. That's right. So be sure to cruise over there if you're interested in jumping in in Relationship Rx. But I want to tell you guys a little bit about this because a lot of times people go, oh, I'm really happy in my relationship. That's not for me. Or they say the opposite end of the spectrum. They say, well, my partner's never going to change. Or, you know, why should I put effort into it if they're not going to? Or there's no way that my partner will ever talk about her feelings or his feelings. So why would this help? So I usually get really opposite ends of the spectrum. Either I we're doing pretty good, so why would I need it? Or we're in such a shithole, it's not going to do a bit of good. Mm. And what I want you to understand is this entire program is six weeks of completely and radically transforming every area of your communication with your partner, which equates to your connection. So all of those issues that you have been coming up against, either dealing with sexual issues or in-laws and family that you guys might not be on the same page about, or it might be political differences, it might be religious issues, it might be where each of you are in your career, (laughs) any place that's a little bit of a sticking point for you that you and your partner go over and over and over again, even sometimes you enter into the conversation fairly calm and you end wanting to bang your head against the wall because you haven't gotten anywhere. This is going to completely change the game. So I don't want to hear it. (laughs) I don't want to hear your excuses because unless you would consider yourself a motherfucking authority on all things communication, there is going to be something that cracks you wide open. And who does, like when we get married or when we enter in a relationship, we want to be connected. We don't want to be having all of these issues around things that we feel really valid about, we feel really justified. Like, could my husband or could my wife just not see my perspective? Like, what is wrong here? Mm -hmm. And it's really fascinating because there are tiny little shifts. I'm not talking about massive tasks and relearning things. I'm talking about some small shifts that you can create when you understand how we operate as humans. So this doesn't matter if you're extroverted, introverted, if you uh, have a strong value around personal development or you don't. These are fundamental ways to get through to people, period. Hmm. So I, I have been doing so much research on this, you guys know, and I am just so excited about it because I feel like it's the key. And it's also shit we don't ever learn. We never ever learn. So a couple of things you need to know about this. First of all, if you go to thejoyjunkie.com slash RRX, relationship RX, RRX, you can get in on the early bird pricing. You can use that coupon code that you find over in after hours. And for today through the eighth, there are two extra bonuses, one of which is a bonus live QA session with Mr. Smith and myself. I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Exactly. Where you can show up, ask us anything, and we will give you our thoughts, our opinions, our advice on whatever issue might be coming up. And I'm also giving you a bonus guest expert lesson with one of my absolute favorite colleagues and people on this earth, Kara Sabin. She's going to talk to you about that whole idea of when you kind of dig your heels in about, I have to be right. Mm. I have to be... well. 
I am right. And if they would just see it my way, then you know, that whole rat race. So you get those two completely free. So again, if you know you want in and you are just like, oh my God, teach me, thejoyjunkie.com slash RRX. And we'll talk about it, you know, a little bit next week as well too. But I could not be more excited about it. So I hope you you come and hang out with us. And I will say this one caveat as well. The course is definitely geared towards romantic partnerships. So a lot of the anecdotes and the examples and things like that that you hear will be related to partners. Yeah. However, there are a lot of tactics and skills that you could employ with colleagues, best friends, siblings, family. A lot of it is that fundamental concept of how do we get through to other humans? Exactly. And how do we deal when we have conflict? Yeah. Right? I think you have to preface with that, but hopefully people will be able to translate. You know, it doesn't take that much. Right. Yeah. Right. It's pretty simple to translate it. It's the same way, like, when I do the tribe, a lot of times the anecdotes and references and things like that are related to women, but it absolutely can be applicable to men as well. Sure. Right? So we've definitely had men go through the tribe too. Anyway, let's talk about some of the things that you might be doing that are completely getting in the way of you connecting with your partner, right? And a lot of this stuff is shit that we have not been taught. I would even argue that a lot of times even communication majors in college don't get this sort of explanation. Interesting. Yeah, it's really, right. really fascinating. That is fascinating. These are the things that I want you to start noticing and look at calling yourself out, right? So we've talked a lot about this throughout Relationship Month last month that it's so easy to come from a blame perspective of like, if my partner would just get his shit together, or how can she not see what I mean by that? Mm -hmm. Or how can he, and you get so locked into the blame place that you don't notice your shit, the place that you're coming up empty. So that's what this is about. Now, this is not an opportunity for you to beat yourself up and go, oh my gosh, I've been so awful to my partner, or I'm horrible. No, 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 no. This is about the more you know, the better, because then you can start taking in, taking action to start changing this stuff. I want you to look at this more from a lens of discovery and really, truly knowing how you operate, knowing your little points of stickiness so that we can start changing that. I also wanted to give you, from the get-go, some really fascinating stats that I've come across. And these are, this is really about why is this even important, right? Because when you think about being at odds with your partner, for many of us, and I've talked about this before, we don't like conflict, right? We don't like confrontation. Right. And, and so because of that, we abort mission, right? We don't talk about the tough stuff or we wait till it builds up like crazy and then we explode and say a lot of really mean, horrible things. Yes. Yeah. But so here's here's the reason why it's important to get a little uncomfortable and do some tough work. According to Dr. John Gottman, who is one of my absolute favorite experts in the field of relationship communication, he has found that 35% or I should say you are 35% more likely to develop a serious illness 
something that is either chronic or life-threatening if you are in a chronically stressful relationship. Oh, I can totally see that. In addition to that, if you're in a chronically stressful relationship, your your life expectancy decreases by four years. Wow. Wow, that's significant. I mean, we're talking your actual life. So when you're thinking about like, oh, I really wanted to sweep this under the rug, there is a cost to that. And I want you to understand that it could actually be your physical health. This is not just how many times am I getting late per week, yeah, yeah. right? This is actually a detriment to your health. Additionally, it can affect your children's health. Children who grow up in hostile homes where their parents are at odds and they see that or they feel it, they they can pick up on your paraverbal oh, skills. For sure. Children are far more adept and in tune than you give them credit for. Children who grow up in homes like that are far more likely and and probable that they will develop develop serious behavioral issues such as anxiety, depression, and substance abuse, addiction, things like that. Wow. Dr. Brene Brown tells us that now we know that loneliness is more detrimental to our health than smoking. Hmm. And the reason wow. I bring that up is not about being single. I'm talking about being lonely in your marriage. Being wow. Because that happens a lot. Because you've lost that connection. This is a lot of times why I think people who have been on the cusp of divorce for 10 years can immediately jump into a relationship. Because it's almost like they've been alone for that last 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. When they know what they want, what they don't want. Which helps. Exactly. Yeah. More detrimental than smoking, you guys. Goodness gracious. So if you think you are lonely in your relationship, I really encourage you to start, just cruise by Relationship Rx and see if those are the changes that you want to create. Because if you are going to leave that relationship, at least be able to say, I have done everything in my power. Mm -hmm. And if you're in an awesome relationship or even just an okay relationship, let's take it to the next level. Let's resolve some of those sticking points, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right. So those are a couple of stats just around why this shit is even important. So let's talk about some of the ways that you might be currently communicating with your partner that are getting you a whole hell of nowhere. <laughs> the first is an extreme attachment to being right. Now this can mm. also show up in how you argue and this is where many people get tripped up in fact we're spending an entire week on this in rrx arguing about what actually happened what should have happened and right versus wrong for instance um if a bill didn't get paid and one person has a reason why it didn't get paid and the other one per other person feeling like well that is not a right reason you still should have paid it and the other person believing that they're right and so now what you're doing is you're arguing about who's right and wrong yeah and you get nowhere you get caught up in the right and wrong of it instead of the solution exactly yeah and what's missing in all of that is talking about how each person feels and what the experience was like for each each individual person. So it's almost like we inadvertently get caught up fighting about who's right or wrong, what happened or didn't happen, instead of what this whole thing means to each person. 
right? Yeah. Because that's usually the subtext. We talked about that a little bit in a past episode. Subtext in acting is what is underneath what is being said. It's how those characters feel, what they're motivated by, what's important to them. That's what's underneath what they are actually saying. Wow, okay. So that is the first piece, is noticing, am I constantly attached to being right? I will absolutely say this is my issue. This is my issue. I was going to say, I don't know anybody like this. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll tell you what, since I've been doing a lot of this research and crafting this course, I'm like, oh... I've been completely skipping over what's happening for you Mm. in that moment. And it has completely changed how I'm able to hear you. And I feel like my attachment to, no, 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 but I need you to see it my way though. But don't you agree though? Like, don't you agree that I'm right though? But do you see how you kind of fucked up though? Like, do you you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, I feel like all of that, I'm not looking at that as the win anymore. I'm looking at, am I able to really hear my husband and where he's coming from mm. as the win? Because then we can actually gain traction. I'm liking this. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great podcast. <laughs> but it's a piece of owning your shit, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's a huge element of this, right? Like we think, well, it would all be perfect if my, no, no, it would not be. There are always two sides to this coin. There are always pieces of contribution from both people's behalf. Mm -hmm. But when we think that we are right about what happened, about the right or wrong, we shut down our ability to connect with that other person because our sole purpose is for them to see it our way. Mm -hmm. Think about how this plays out in our political construct. How much getting through to the other side are we doing by screaming and yelling about what's right or wrong and how they fucking suck? Right. Calling people names or it just doesn't get you anywhere. Ever. And it stays on the surface of the problem instead of getting to the issues anyway. That's exactly right. Yeah. All right. So I want you to just be really, really clear. Are you attached to being right? Now, if you're like me, you may have that voice in your head going, yeah, but you are right. I am right though. Mm -hmm. And here's what I need you to know. So is your partner. In their head, they are just as committed to their version of the events, to to them being right, to them seeing the right and wrong, to them interpreting the what happened more clearly than you. So the idea that you're going to hold on to that rightness is futile because so are they. Mm -hmm. Because they are right in their head. Yeah. Okay, so I want you to just call yourself out on that. Now, a very close kissing cousin to that one, which let's not kiss our cousins, everybody. (laughs) Number two way is through screaming and yelling. Now, this shows up in a couple of different ways. Sometimes this is the person who or the partner who sweeps everything under the rug chronically over and over and over again until they erupt. And then it's like a fucking volcano. Yeah, And yeah. all the malice, all the acrimony, all the shit that you've been pissed at them for comes out. It's pretty common among them. It really is. And sometimes what happens in this place is extreme meanness. Where you're just really, really unkind. And it's coming from a place of 
how you feel in this relationship. So spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about emotions and what to do with them and how to deal with them. Even if you hate dealing with them. Yeah. Right? But here's what happens. We feel so justified in, in either our partner doing something incorrectly. We feel so justified that we're right. Or we feel justified in our feelings. Like, you hurt me. Like, I'm so convinced that you did something specifically to hurt me or inflict pain that I am now justified in screaming and yelling at you. And trying to repay the favor. Yeah. So we don't think, hey, yeah, maybe my partner did something that was really uncool. Maybe I should share that with them and how I feel about it. We think... Oh, no, 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 you're going to fucking listen to me because you just fucked up and you did this and I'm going to yell and I'm going to scream. So we use our righteousness as a way to justify our really subpar communication skills. That's pretty smart. Right? We're like, we have, well, of course I have to scream and yell at you. I can't get through to you any other way. Yeah. Instead of going, wait a minute, this is a shitty ass way to communicate and I need to take some ownership of that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We've been blessed not to be... Hashtag blessed. <laughs> you have to yell at each other. Like, very few times have we yelled at each other. We learned really early on that that was futile. Yeah. And it didn't get anywhere. But we, we had some doozies back in the 90s, babe. That's true. <laughs> back in the 90s, wow. I, I mean, we had some real bad screaming matches in the early days. But we learned a piece of how we operated and we went, okay, we need to cool down. And we're going to talk about that a lot in Relationship Rx, about how each individual operates and how can you honor how both people operate. Because you have some couples who one partner really wants to rectify it and address it now and the other one like needs some time to calm down and cool down. Like how do you deal with that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to teach you exactly how to deal with that. Mm. So, okay. So the first, attached to being right. Second, screaming or yelling, which can also be just being straight up mean to your partner. Number three, we talked about this, I believe, a little bit last week. Saying to your partner, you always do this or you never do that. Uh, we've been we've been uh, doing that. I yeah. mean, we've been known to do that. We're better at it now. but Yeah, we, mm-hmm. we definitely have. We switched what we started gathering evidence for. And that's another piece that we're going to be discussing in Relationship Rx of noticing your grievances. That's always going to be massively on our radar because it's the shit we don't want, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's probably a wealth of other things that is happening inside of your relationship that you're ignoring that is actually costing you connection with your partner. And years of your life, apparently. Exactly. (laughs) Four years on average. I mean, that's legit. Yeah, absolutely. The deal with something like saying, you always do this, honey. You always bring this shit up. Or you always want to fill in the blank. Or you never clean your shit up. Or you never contribute financially. Or you never laugh at my joke. Or whatever it is that's frustrating for you. I would be willing to bet it is not always. It is not never. Mm-hmm. And I would also be willing to bet that there might be something that you are overstepping where you're actually contributing to the problem. That's what we don't realize is when we're so upset 
that there's likely something that we're doing that is arresting the development of the relationship. Yeah. And that is a really hard pill to swallow sometimes. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. once you do, oh my God. The matrix. The ability to connect, the ability to truly listen to each other. I mean, this is the whole reason for Relationship Rx. It is so that you can have a partner who listens mm-hmm. to you without trying to fix it or jump in and talk about themselves. Imagine feeling heard, really feeling heard by your partner all the time or having sacred time together where you're not just zoning out on some random Netflix show, but you're present, you're connected, and you really understand each other. Like how many times are couples like, I just I don't understand where you are. I, I could not imagine thinking that way or banging your head against the wall because you don't understand each other. This is going to be a complete game changer. Like, oh, no wonder we do that. No wonder that's our behavior. Oh, mm-hmm. here's what we can do to fit. Oh, perfect. Laughing together, having sexy time again, where that's actually connected and rewarding. Having a plan. For dealing with your family or your in-laws. Like how much of that is a major issue in relationships? Or even just raving about each other. Being hashtag relationship goals. Couples goals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would really recommend calling it sexy time and have some weird dumb accent that you said. <laughs> sexy time with. This is why you are not teaching the class. <laughs> This would be like my contribution, you're welcome, to your program is have some like really annoying accent that you apply to sexy time. It will it will really spark the bedroom up. Oh my gosh, Darlene, cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, Darlene. You can leave that in. Darlene is my amazing assistant and podcast editor, so shout out to her. She's phenomenal. Hashtag amazing. All right. Attached to being right, screaming and yelling, saying you always or you never. Number four is doing things to get things. This is a massive piece of the passive spouse. Tit for tat, right? Yeah. This is the person who has the hardest time being vocal or sharing what's really happening. So they just try to do things hoping that their partner will get the hint. It is huffing and puffing while you pick up their shoes and throw them into the closet, hoping that they'll get the picture that what you really want them to do is put their (laughs) shoes away every day. Oh, I see. Yeah. It's leaving brochures out for vacations that you want to go on instead of actually saying, hey, honey, I'd really like to go on a vacation. It's all of the, I hope you interpret my behavior to mean here's what I need. It's the doing things to get things. It can also be a major piece of your love language. We're actually going to spend a week talking about this, really. And this is a piece of the week where we're learning how each of us operate inside the partnership. So there are certain ways, for instance, that I feel loved. I'm massively around words of affirmation. Tell me all damn day, right? You're more acts of service, right? So early on in our, our relationship... I would do all of these things that were like gifts and notes, which are great, positive affirmations, you know, how much I love you, just sharing my whole heart. And then you would do things like getting my car washed for me or things like that, Mm -hmm. right? When Mm -hmm. I'm like, I just want you to hand make a card for me and tell me how you feel, (laughs) right? 
So we learned that how we give love and how we receive love is very, very different. And then we started being able to cater to how the other person received love. So then I would start maybe doing your laundry Mm -hmm. when I knew that you were having a really crazy week. Or you would create, I remember you made me a card one time out of, newspaper clippings and and magazine clippings and things like that and it was everything for me instead of doing what you would want right so that's another massive piece of doing things to get things we think well this would make sense to me i hope these hints will get them to do what i need them to do all right so doing things to get things number five Communicating only when one person is ready to talk. This is another piece of understanding how well you guys operate. This was one of the things I was mentioning earlier around one person really wanting to rectify the issue right then and the other one needing some time to calm down. A lot of times in... Or process your thoughts. I think for a lot of men, it's we have to kind of figure out where we're at and what's going on before we voice it. Where a lot of times we get put into a conversation where we're not quite sure what is going on. Yeah. And you need process time. And the other partner is is very clear on where they are. Right. So it's like, well, I won the conversation because I knew where I was. But you had to give that person a little bit of time to kind of gather where they were so that you can meet on it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And then there's the piece on like let's say that that's you and I then for you to say, you know what, I need a little bit of time to wrap my head around it. Like for you to actually use those words. Right, 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 exactly. And that's hard for a lot of people because they fear the wrath of the other person. Like if I say, I need to table this for a minute, their partner gets pissed the fuck off. So those are some of the skill sets, like you being able to say, I need a little bit of time to process this, and then me to go, no problem. That's cool with me. We'll maybe we'll talk about it tonight after after dinner or through dinner or something or maybe tomorrow or whatever. Right. Right. Yeah. And so there's this piece of and that's another element of being determined that you're right. Like, no, I want to talk about this right now. I'm geared up. I know what we need to rectify and just spilling it all out when that person's not ready. Now, it could be something like that that you just pointed out where you're not ready because you haven't wrapped your head around the content of the argument or the thing that needs discussion in the the relationship. Let's say Mm -hmm. sending your kids to private school or sending them to public school. You need to really wrap your head around that for a minute. Sure. Right? Yeah. Now there's also other situations where you're not ready to talk because you're actually doing something else. Right? Like you're involved in something else. Right, right. So if I am right in the middle of a work project or really focused on something I'm writing just got done with a coach call or something that was highly emotional. Really involved in a basketball game. <sighs> March sadness. <laughs> I, I'm i not going to be a receptive partner. So the onus of responsibility then is on me to say, I really truly want to connect with you and I want to hear you out. I am not in a place where I can hear you. Is it possible if we table this? Sometimes I see 
probably more often than not, it's the reverse. It is a woman who's been following me, my work. She's been getting really empowered about boundaries, standing up for herself. And she goes in like gangbusters. Like, I'm going to fucking do this. I'm going to handle it. And I don't care what space you're in. I don't care if you've had a rough day. I don't care if you mm-hmm. just dealt with one of our kids' temper tantrums. I don't care if your boss just chewed your ass out. I'm going to tell you what I need it's to all tell about you. me right now, yeah. Exactly. And that is also a massive barrier to connection in your relationship. So notice that. Are you one of those who's so committed to, we're going to talk about this now, period. Whether you're emotionally ready or just preoccupied or whatever. And also in Relationship Rx, we're going to talk about dealing with when your partner never wants to talk. So when you do go back to deal with it, how do you get through to somebody who is extraordinarily passive, doesn't want to ever have deep conversations, and could really reside in a place of walls up all the time? Mm-hmm. How do you go mm. about that? How do you share? How do you that enter is a in? Challenge, yeah. So there will be a massive piece of vulnerability that we're going to explore. Okay, the sixth and final way. And this is not just men, okay? This is absolutely women. This is also oftentimes people who've experienced massive trauma in their life or who have experienced relationships that were volatile or really overbearing and their tendency is to emotionally shut down. So that is the sixth way of not communicating. Yeah. That gets really in our way and it's a defense mechanism we're actually going to talk about that a lot in relationship rx about our all of us have tendencies that are completely primitive where we will have in relationships a tendency to fight or to flee right or freeze right or freeze yeah i would say a majority of People who have had some really rough interactions with either family of origin or their parents were really malicious or there was some sort of trauma, shutting down emotionally is super, super common. So your partner raises the vo- their voice and you blank the fuck out. Like yeah. you just shut down. And then oftentimes you will leave, physically leave. I know some partners who they've just left the house because they can't deal. Like they physically leave. Or... They just kind of leave their body emotionally. They just Mm -hmm. completely shut down and it is a way to protect ourselves. Okay? Yeah. It is totally natural and normal and wildly ineffective. Yeah. Doesn't get either person where they need to be. Same way with fighting, right? It's totally instinctual to want to knock somebody out and it's also wildly (laughs) ineffective. Right? So it's about understanding how we operate, what our tendencies are, and then curbing those so that we can actually create connection and intimacy in our relationships. So that we can live four years longer and that we aren't 35% more likely to come down with some sort of awful illness. Or that we're not fucking up our kids because the negative energy and conflict, even though it's not said in our household, you could cut it with a knife. Kids feel that shit. Yeah. All right. So I get worked up about this. I yes. get worked up about this because we're not taught this and it's possible to rectify. It's totally possible. I'm not going to teach you anything that you cannot do. You can absolutely do these things. All right. So for today, I want you to analyze these six methods of ineffective communication and call your shit out. Call your shit out because your instinct is going to be to call your partner out. Oh, uh, my partner shuts down. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. 
What's your part? Thank you for assessing them. Now, how about you, my friend? Yeah, right. What are your hang-ups? What are your sticking points? All right. So if you want to make sure that you jump in and you get those extra sexy bonuses, the guest expert lesson with my girl Kira, and also the bonus Q&A session, private Q&A session with Mr. Smith and myself with just the people who jump in Mm -hmm. on the early bird. Go to thejoyjunkie.com slash RRX. You can also find it in the show notes or it's likely that you can find it on whatever device you're listening to or platform you're listening to right now. And I think that's everything. Anything else you wanted to add? Hmm. No. Um, I think all those points are very valid. I think the one thing that I would say is they're all... I think during this podcast, they've all been like, oh, yeah, okay. But I'm really excited for the second one. Second part. Yeah, because it'll help us kind of transition all of those little light bulbs. We will be right back in your feed this time next week. And here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Out.